everyone. Welcome to the third episode of Transparent VC, brought to you by Funders Club, where we aim to shed light on the black box of venture capital. As a reminder, Funders Club is an early stage venture capital firm that has invested in 220 companies over the past four years. And as a result of speaking to thousands of founders over these past few years, we've seen situations good and bad. And while most of the times things go well, We've seen misalignment between investors and founders where terms don't go as planned. I'm Kevin Lee, and I'm here with Jared Engelberg. Hey, everyone. Today, we're going to be talking a lot about the topical debate for seed stage companies regarding whether or not they should be raising a convertible debt round uh, versus an equity round. Uh, First, however, I'd like to bring up an old topic from our first episode where we discussed uh, the challenges around super pro rata. Uh, recently, uh, the New York Times reported on Snapchat uh, and one of their early investors um, and a situation where the super parada came into play. Yeah, so really interesting that this came up a few weeks after we had uh, recorded our initial podcast. But New York Times came out with an, uh, an article by Katie Benner. Uh, the, basically what the article was saying that an early investor in Snapchat had successfully received uh, super parada rights. And it put into danger a later equity round um, that, that Snapchat had raised. And essentially, the, that investor, according to the article, had up to 50% uh, super parata rights. So they got to invest up to 50% of whatever was raised in the future to undo these rights because they were, they were punitive for the company. To undo these rights, the company had to actually sell shares at a discount, according to this article, uh, back to that same investor uh, in order to unwind the these terms. And so just interesting to see, uh, you know, a topic that we had discussed previously coming up in the news. Um, What's also crazy is, you know, again, this doesn't necessarily mean these uh, terms like this doesn't necessarily mean that your company is not going to be successful or isn't going to be able to navigate, um, you know, these these legal waters. It just creates uh, another point of friction uh, as you're moving forward, trying to talk to future investors, etc. So it was, it was, Interesting to see kind of this come full circle. Definitely. Um, And so why don't we go ahead and jump in into today's topic. So as mentioned before, um, we wanted to go over some of the pros and cons with raising uh, convertible debt versus an equity round, as well as what you should do as a founder if you come across, uh, if you find yourself in one of the con uh, portions of, uh, you know, one of these decisions. So Jared, uh, can you first talk about kind of the differences between the two and what founders should be thinking about when they're thinking about raising these rounds. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited to discuss this topic. It's one of the questions that I get most commonly from founders at the seed or pre-seed stage. And I think it's uh, there's a lot of what I would call conventional wisdom, or I'm using air quotes here, conventional wisdom uh, for, for this, you know, whether to use a convertible note or an equity round. Um, but I actually find that a lot of times um, the, the full picture is not always known. And sometimes it's not until much later that founders understand the true cost of using one of these versus another. So our goal today is definitely to, to help uh, you as a, as a young founder understand, okay, what am I really getting myself into with one of these two, two these, these the most common ways to raise financing for, for a young startup company? Uh, as Kevin mentioned, let's start by just talking about what uh, what these terms mean. So a convertible note or uh, a safe security, um, 
both of these refer roughly to the same thing. It's a, a negotiated agreement to convert a document or convert this security into future equity. So uh, I'm going to loop back on that in one second to say what the other side of the world is, and that is a straight equity deal. So this one's much more simple in the sense of I'm going to give, I as an investor, I'm going to give a company money. A company in return is going to give me shares in their company or, or more specifically a percentage ownership in the company after I invest. And so uh, equity rounds have been around for a long time. Convertible notes and safes are, are relatively, at least convertible notes within the startup ecosystem, are, are relatively newer. And they came around um, for one of the main cons that equity rounds possess, which is they are slower, they're more expensive from a legal perspective. And so convertible notes and safes are really used at that early stage uh, to help expedite an early financing. Uh, and that's the main pro of these convertible notes. So, so effectively how the convertible note works, and I'll stick with the convertible note just because it's a little bit uh, easier to talk about or or at least has a little bit more history, although safes are really widely used now as well. The convertible note is an agreement that, okay, at some point in the future, uh, my document, my convertible note, will convert into equity under certain um, outcomes. Those outcomes can range from the company getting acquired to the note expiring, like running out of time on the note. Uh, but most commonly, a convertible note converts into equity because the company has raised a follow-on round of equity financing. So... Uh, if you kind of put this into the structure that a, a startup typically sees, let's say they, the company raises a seed financing of convertible notes, uh, and then they, the company raises a Series A equity financing uh, of equity, and the convertible notes from the seed financing would then convert into the Series A financing, subject to certain constraints. But for, for simplicity, let's just say all the notes convert in this case. And so the, the question we're really seeking to answer today is, for that seed company, is it better to raise that convertible note round, or is it better to raise um, an equity round? Right. And to, to start with the high-level conclusion, the, the answer is, and we'll, di we'll dive into why, but the answer is, it really depends. Um, both can be really effective, equity and convertible notes, but the, the reason that this is the topic of Transparent VC today is because I believe in the market that people do not do a good enough job understanding what I would call the hidden cost of convertible notes mm -hmm. um, and, and where the danger really arises, and we'll walk through the math and why this happens, but where the danger really arises is when you begin to stack convertible notes on top of each other in, in succession uh, or raise a lot through convertible notes, it can actually inhibit your ability to raise a future equity financing. And so that sounds scary. It's not that scary, uh, and we'll walk through why this happens, how it happens, and you know how to prevent it initially, and then uh, if you're already in the situation where you have a lot of convertible notes, potentially how to how to counteract it. Right. Cool. Um, and and also just uh, later on the episode too, I think we're also going to cover kind of the hidden costs of an equity round as well, um, not just from the safe perspective. Um, oftentimes we see founders who are unaware of the time and even financial costs of going through the equity process, equity round. And, you know, you see them spend months trying to lock down a lead investor, um, undergo the, the equity round process, and then come back to the table later and say, hey, I wasn't able to kind of pull this round together. Uh, meanwhile, they had individual investors who were willing to do these notes and safes on a rolling basis, and they could have closed that round much faster. And so we'll be spending some time going over that later as well. Um, yeah, so wait, one other thing, Kevin, to talk about before we dig in, and, and this is just Again, before we get deep, one thing that's not different between notes, safes, and equity 
is the idea of roughly how much of your company you're going to give up per dollar raised. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no hack here where it's like, oh, I can necessarily uh, give up less of my company if I go through the node or safe path uh, to raise the same million dollars. Uh, if you play the math out over time, like you know, you're roughly going to end up giving up most uh, about the same amount of your company in either scenario. This is just kind of how you apply or, or different frameworks you can use to exchange a part of your company for, for money. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's 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 start with notes and saves. Uh, actually, should we start with equity? Uh, yeah, we could. Yeah, I think I think it actually makes more sense to start with equity. So okay, so let's 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 put yourselves in the shoes of a seed founder. They're out to raise about half a million dollars, uh, their first round of financing, mm-hmm. and they're looking to raise it on equity. So what are uh, what are the pros of using equity in this case, uh, or, or just generally using equity? Um, first of all, you know what, exactly what the price per share is that you're going to be exchanging your shares for, for investment capital. Right? It's set with the investors. It's totally, it's totally there. As well as you're setting key legal terms that, will be, that are going to manage your company. Things mm-hmm. like um, right of first refusal, um, inv- all the investor rights that govern your company, uh, things like co-sale rights. So there's a lot of terms that an equity investor will set, and those things will be set explicitly at mm-hmm. this round of financing. And I actually consider that a good thing. Um, the cons, again, seed founder, small round, uh, relatively small round, five hundred thousand uh, dollars. Where this can go kind of wrong from an equity perspective is in the following ways. One is it's sneakily expensive, right? So we're typically seeing uh, fully baked legal costs for a founder, uh, for the company rather, on an equity round, ranging between ten to twenty to thirty thousand dollars, right? And so all of a sudden, oh, and by the way. Oftentimes, in a term sheet that a lead investor will offer you, uh, they will ask that you, the company, reimburse some of the legal expenses of the lead investor as well. So now, all of a sudden, we're talking middle to high single-digit percent of the total round um, being taken just by legal costs alone. Right. So that that's that's one cost burden. The second burden is on time. So the fastest equity rounds that we see get closed, the fastest, happen in like four weeks. But most of the time, we see it stretch much longer than that. I'd say, I'd say there's also kind of a, a, there's a third cost associated here, which is, you know, as a founder, when you do a price round and you're letting a lead kind of set these terms, you're also giving up um, a, a certain degree of, of leverage in a sense where the lead now has a, a lot of power and negotiating power in this relationship where they can pull in the investors they want, or they can choose to kind of take the entire round. And so mm-hmm. as a founder, you know, you're, you're, you ideally want to be working with a couple or several investors at your earlier stages, people who will go to bat for you at later stages in your Series A, who can help bring value um, and help scale your company. And so sometimes when you have a, a lead, you know, come in and take the entire round, they may not want to let in other people. And that's detrimental for you as a founder. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Kevin. And one more point uh, on the cost of an equity round at the early stage is uh the way that equity documents tend to be structured require that most, if not all, investors close at the same time. So if you think about that, that means, let's say you wanted to take five investors in this first round of financing, each of them coming in for 100K, it's a little bit like herding cats. I mean, raising an equity or raising any type of financing is always like herding cats, but especially you have to get all these investors to close on the same day or around the same time frame. you're not now. You're not just asking, "Do you want to invest?" It's like, "Do you want to invest?" And also, can you wire to me um, money uh, at, at the same time? So that's where 
that's where we see kind of some of the cons come up, especially in these early financing rounds for, for founders. So then naturally we progress to this new solution, which is a convertible note or, or a safe security mm-hmm. um, introduced by YC. So the, the, the notes or the safes are basically trying to unwind these cons like, like point for point. They're much cheaper. Like you can think of legal costs in the, in the few thousand dollars, not in the ten thousand, tens of thousands of dollars. You can close them on a rolling basis, which means that like as soon as an investor is ready to wire you the money, you can execute a convertible note or safe agreement and, and, and ship it across. And, and they're much faster. Right. Uh, you know, days of turnaround, not not weeks or months. That they call it a high resolution fundraising. Yes. <laughs> and so this sounds great, right? Like what? Like these often, like the safe in, in some sense was literally created for this use case. So what what possibly can be down the downside of it? And and this last little piece is where I see founders make mistakes. Uh, I think they can they wrap their, their heads around like why a safe is valuable. But what we're going to try to you know, reveal in the next few minutes is how kicking the can down the road can actually create an economic burden for later equity investors. So we're going to dive into a little bit of math. I'll try to go slow. Um, might take one or two lessons, but I'll try to explain <laughs> as well. Let's say that you have been um, continuing to run your company and uh, you're ready to raise a Series A. For this first example, let's say you never raised a safe round. So you're going to raise a Series A. It's your first round of financing, or or maybe you've only ever raised equity in the, in the past. Uh, a Series A investor comes to you, which is, by the way, congratulations. That, that happens very rarely. Cheers. Uh, they, they want to invest $5 million at a $20 million pre-money valuation. I just threw a lot of terms out there, so I'm going to try to slow down for a second and say uh, the pre-money valuation of a company uh, is, is the value of the company before the cash hits your treasury. Uh, and, but that's not actually what the investor cares about. Uh, and this is this is part of investor psyche, especially at the at these uh, Series A investor levels. What the investor cares about is how much of the company that they get to own in you. So what they actually are saying is, I'm investing five million dollars in this company at a twenty million dollar pre money valuation, and that means the post money valuation or the pre money plus the cash that I'm investing is twenty five. So twenty plus five equals twenty five million post money. I'm ignoring option pools and some other terms that are common in rounds. Uh, just for simplicity. So that means I, as the investor, have hold $5 million of the equity out of a $25 million valuation, or said differently, I own one-fifth or 20% of the company. That 20% number is like actually really common. It's kind of like an owner, quote-unquote, ownership target that a lot of investors seek. Nice, clean equity financing. It allows them to get a board seat as well. Sure, yeah. And like, and this, we're like, also not talking about uh, like non-financial terms. How do notes or safes complicate or, or con- conflict in this situation? So, again, remember what we said, that a note or a safe converts into an equity round, right? So let's say, let's use the same example, uh, and this is where it's going to get a little, a little bit mathy. So let's say now I've actually raised uh, $5 million of, of uncapped notes. Well, let's not even use a cap at this point. So... That means the notes are going to convert into the equity round at whatever the price of the equity round is. Again, remember how this, this, um, this pre and post money math works. So now a Series A investor is going to invest $5 million, and I'm going to have conversion of $5 million of notes into this round. Effectively, that means it's as if I'm issuing $10 million of equity. $5 million to the new investor who's giving me cash. 
and $5 million to the note holders who have already invested in the company. I've probably already spent the cash or I'm on, path is, uh, I'm on the path of spending the cash. So now that pre-money valuation of $20 million turns into a post-money valuation of $30 million. $10 million plus 5 of new cash plus 5 of converted notes. So what does that mean? That means that Series A investor, instead of getting 20% of the company as they desired, is now going to get about 16 or 17% of the company, mm-hmm. or $5 million out of a $30 million post money, one-sixth of the company. Well, unfortunately, the Series A investor is not super pumped about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very clear in their investing strategy. They want to own 20% of businesses minimum. And so they're going to say, uh, actually... Um, we're going to invest, just to keep the math simple, like we want to own 20% of that $30 million. So instead of investing $5 million, we need to invest $6 million, right? And that actually would further, it's a little bit circular because that would further increase the post-money valuation. But just to keep it simple, um, they're going to invest $6 million of the, of the 30. So you've actually, to get to that 20% ownership target, you've actually just made... Um, the Series A investor's job a little bit harder. They have to give you an extra million dollars. Instead of investing $5 million, they need to invest $6 million, roughly. It's actually a little bit more than $6 million. And so um, the reason that this, that this is important is because if you have raised a lot of convertible notes or safes, and, and just like as a, as a simple rule of thumb, if you've raised, um, you know, oh, like let's say you're going out for a $5 million Series A, if you raised over two and a half million dollars of, of notes or safe, so kind of like over half of the of the equity target of the next round, um, it's going to actually start having a, a, a non-trivial impact on the math that the Series A investor has to think through. And so, all that is to say, um, it doesn't mean you shouldn't raise notes or safes. Again, doesn't it doesn't mean that. And if you're a company that's on an astronomic growth path like to the moon uh first of all congratulations mm-hmm. second of all investors are probably willing to overcome this additional econ- the series a investors willing to overcome this additional economic burden that you've created to achieve the ownership targets that they want but not all companies are like that and for most companies it's right on the bit border like am i going to raise the series a effectively or not and it's the little things like this that can prevent that that great round that you want from coming together and so what are the ways that you can build shock absorbers around this? Because again, I still think notes and safes are a great thing to use at the seed stage. First of all, be careful, just straight up, be careful when you're raising more than a couple million dollars. If you're a software company, raising more than a couple million dollars in notes or safes at, at the seed stage. In general, like when we've seen notes start to creep up to two million, three million, four million, five million dollars is when they start to hit issues um, at the Series A level. The second thing is, like other ways that you can shock absorb this, um, if you've started to get to those, you know, kind of two, three million dollar note levels, think about, and you're kind of already already in it, think about ways that you can convert your note holders or safe holders into equity holders before the Series A. So um, sometimes you can just raise a small equity round, maybe from insiders that help you convert. Sometimes you can just go out to all your investors and say, hey, listen, we want to raise a Series A. Uh, are you know we have a kind of a big note load or kind of a big safe load on the company right now to clean up the cap table we want to convert you guys all in at a pretty attractive price uh, but just so you guys are equity holders so it takes the mental burden away from that series a investor uh, those are a couple i think pretty effective ways to to mitigate that either you know prevent be- before you start raising the, the big burden or um you know how to, how to say like convert your shares uh, convert the note or safe holders 
before the Series A actually happens. So uh, summary, summarizing that all together, again, for the small early seed rounds, $500,000, million, $1.5 million, I think notes and saves are really, really effective. Um, but after you start getting above those levels, just be conscientious about the economic impact it might have at the, at the future Series A investor. Some things that we didn't get to dive into too deeply is like, you know, how non-economic terms are set mm-hmm. by note and safe holders versus equity holders. Um, the, the quick two-second takeaway is just uh, the note and safe holders, when they invest in you, they're essentially relying on a future equity investor to come in and set a lot of the governing terms that are going to manage the company, the board of directors, et cetera. And so that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, Kevin, anything else you think we missed? Nope, I think that's about it. And oh. as usual, uh, whether you, need, you have questions about this topic or any previous topics we talked about on previous episodes, please feel free to reach out anytime um, to either one of us, Jared at FundersClub.com or Kevin at FundersClub.com. We're Definitely. always available to answer any questions. Cool. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope this was helpful. Uh, we're continuing to do these, so let us know any topics you'd like us to cover or questions on existing topics that we can re- revisit in future episodes. And yeah, perfect. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.